Greetings, cyberspace, and welcome to episode 45 of the Double Density Podcast with your hosts, Brian and Angela. Now, first things first, a warning. This isn't your typical episode of Double Density, oh no. We're doing away with the usual trappings of our podcasting. We're saying goodbye to the quick hits and all of the segments. Tonight, Angela and I dive deep into an intriguing conundrum. It's a fitting way to start off the new year. Happy New Year, Angelo. Yeah, this is episode 45. It's not uh, the first episode of the year. Brian, I thought we were done with the Happy New Year's, but I guess you're going to continue, aren't you? Going to keep clinging as long as it bothers you, Angelo. So what are we doing tonight? So as I said uh, moments ago, this isn't a normal episode. So a couple of weeks ago, you and I uh, read an article in Quartz Magazine by Alex McKinnon, and it got us thinking about how to approach um, an idea that really ties together both uh, sides of our podcast, right? Because usually we do some tech stuff and then we do some paranormal stuff. But this whole debacle... um, is about this one article in Quartz Magazine about what would destroy us first, artificial intelligence or aliens. So in the spirit of that, Angela and I got to talking, we just decided to um, sort of pick a side uh, to discuss what would end us first, aliens or AI. And I think we both have some pretty solid arguments to get into tonight. What do you think? I think we do. And uh, I like to think that in terms of the, the, the show being part tech, part paranormal, I'm more the tech guy, you're more the paranormal guy, so I'm picking AI, and you're picking aliens. I figured maybe we should have uh, argued from a position of weakness, like the things we we knew least, but I figured like it's also fun sticking to what you know, especially in uh, this context where we're going to sort of uh, be throwing little barbs at each other and discussing facts and figures and other uh, trains and, of and thought. And I want to like stress people, like oftentimes when I'm listening to a podcast and it's like, tonight's going to be a totally different episode, I kind of like want to change the channel uh if that's possible the podcasting channel don't do that it's not going to be that different it's just instead of having a tech segment and then a paranormal segment segment we're kind of putting the two together at the same time discussing both tech and paranormal it should be a lot of fun right i think it's just variations on a theme it's not like uh we're throwing this out and turning to like a survivalist podcast or something uh a prepared show if you will all right let's uh Getting into my uh, past podcasting life, I see, but that's okay. That's okay. This isn't my first go around in the podcasting world. It is mine. <laughs> well, you know, as you said earlier today, uh, this may be the densest episode of the podcast, pun intended. Yeah, uh, I think so, because we're going to be really concentrating on two very specific things. Although, knowing us, we don't know where this is going to go, but we're probably going to have some tangents here and there. Oh, I don't doubt that we will. Um, so I think the first thing that we need to do is uh, define what artificial intelligence is and define what an alien is, right? So I think that like is a good uh, starting point. So how would you define in- artificial intelligence? Well, I would define AI, so artificial intelligence, as the branch of computer science that's interested in like simulating intelligent behavior in computers and making them more human-like so that they can make their own decisions. And in, in this case, it would be more like learning from itself other than learning from its own programming and its programmers. Okay, I think that's a pretty good framework from which to work artificial intelligence in. Um, And then I would define alien as any sort of uh, non-earthly physical entities. I mean, commonly they're more known, you know, under the classic gray alien model of a flying saucer, but really it can be anything from a microbe to almost any sort of physical being and perhaps even non-physical beings, right? Like perhaps we have psychic aliens hanging out here. They might already be here. I actually saw an interesting movie the other day called uh, Midnight Special, and it was uh, it had to do with sort of like aliens, but I don't want to spoil it for you, but it's actually pretty good, unlike some of the other movies I've watched, which I've mentioned on the show. 
So would you? you uh, is this on? It's on Netflix. It's, yes. I know it's on Netflix Canada. It's with uh, Joel Edgerton and uh, Michael Shannon, who played an alien in another movie. Uh, he's not an alien in this one, but uh, he played Zod in uh, the crappy Superman movie that came out a few years ago. Does Michael Shannon's face bother you? Because it bothers uh, my girlfriend a great deal, and it's made her not watch movies uh, with him in it. He is very statuesque. And not a pretty statue, necessarily. A lot of um, jagged features to his face is what I would say. So now we've gone down the digression rabbit hole for the first time this evening. I'm going to be, uh, I guess my first point to make uh, advocating for aliens ending us is that an alien invasion of the classic saucer type uh, can happen really at any time, right? So it could happen today, tomorrow, or next week. And um, unlike tech and AI, which is sort of like progressive, right, whose course we can sort of uh, chart, we're very ill-equipped to deal with an airborne invasion of any sort. The tech we have on hand may very well come from the alien wearers that we've uh, adapted from, like, you know, the uh, recovered saucer and Roswell, et cetera, uh, making aliens impervious weapons. So I think I've talked about this on the podcast before, where uh, we can't necessarily video alien spacecraft in modern times because we've evolved uh, our video capabilities from their tech, so therefore they've made themselves impervious. Or it could be that we can't video them because aliens aren't actually coming here yet. Uh, well, I mean, if you want to play a Debbie Downer kind of role, sure. So... I understand what you mean, that it can happen at any time, because the universe, pretty old, and the Earth is significantly younger than the rest of the universe, and aliens can just show up because they've been around for millions of years, they've developed whatever sort of technology they can to come over here and destroy us. But why hasn't it happened yet? Why haven't we heard from them yet? We haven't noticed anything We've gotten far enough out into our solar system to see something that would be on its way here. But there's nothing. Well, there's nothing according to us, right? I guess. So you think they're like hiding in some sort of wormhole or something? Let me put it this way. Uh, I guess a good analogy would be like, if we were an ant, would we really be able to see the tops of summits properly? So you're comparing us to ants, which I guess, I think Stephen Hawking said that we'd basically be ants. Yeah, I I think it's a very adept analogy because of the fact that we've uh, we're not really spacefaring as of yet, right? Like, yes, we've sent out um, spacecrafts, but they're not manned mostly, you know, beyond the moon. And even then, <laughs> uh, if you want to ask Stanley Kubrick, uh, perhaps not even the moon itself. Um, so I feel like we are able to build our own structures, but beyond that, we have yet to see um, the vastness of of space um, firsthand, really. Yeah, that's the thing, but we don't, there's no way to know if aliens can or will ever visit us. That's the problem you face with your idea of aliens having to take us over. We don't know what's going to happen, whereas AI is here now, learning from itself, advancing at an alarming rate, and we know... How would you, how would you define alarming rate, though? Okay, uh, so let's see, let's, I have a few examples of what I don't want to say it frightens me, but the AI that I want to concentrate on is obviously the AI that learns from itself. So when we talk about AI, we're not, or when I'm talking about AI in this case, it's not, it's not our friends Siri and Alexa and the Google Assistant. They're not a problem because they're programmed to do what they do. And in terms of AI, they're not that intelligent. They're not a self-learning AI. That's the problem. Like the... Like uh, Arnold said 
in uh, Terminator 2. He's a learning computer. <laughs> that's the frightening part, where it learns and understands and adapts. And that's something that DeepMind is working on. Uh, they're best known for AlphaGo. Have you heard of AlphaGo? I've read a little bit about AlphaGo. So if you wouldn't mind enlightening me a little bit more. Well, AlphaGo from the beginning was conceived as an AI that could learn how to play Go, which is considered probably the most difficult uh, board game to actually get good at. And they set out to create an AI that would learn from playing Go to become the best in the world. And it did that way faster than they thought it would. In preparation for this uh, quote-unquote debate, I uh, was reading an article uh, in Vanity Fair mostly about uh, Elon Musk, who we'll bring up later, obviously, because you can't talk about AI or aliens without talking about Elon Musk, where they talked about uh, Demi Hassabis. I can't really pronounce his name. I've heard it said, and I forgot how they say it. But anyway, let's call him Demi Hassabis. He's the co-founder who um, works at DeepMind. And uh, from the article, there was an investor that left uh, a DeepMind meeting, uh, and he joked that uh, he should have shot him uh, Hassabis on the spot because it was the last chance to save the human race. Because if anybody's AI turns out to be evil and take over the world, it would be his. Because, like I said, AlphaGo learn Go so quickly that within a few years of them working on this and creating this AI, it really destroyed the best Go player in the world. Um, that, uh, that man's name is Lee Sedol. Uh, so this happened in March of 2016, so it's been a while now, almost two years. And when this was billed as an event... Lisa Dole said he'd be surprised if he didn't win five to zero. Maybe he would lose. He would lose one game to this computer. But what happened is that he lost. Uh, he lost uh, four to one. AlphaGo kind of cleaned his clock, and it was uh, sort of sad to see what was happening. I highly recommend the uh, documentary AlphaGo, also on Netflix, uh, and you can see the worry on this man's face as he's losing to this machine. And something I found really interesting is that he kept looking at his opponent, who wasn't really his opponent. There was a man across the table who uh, was one of the programmers of the AI, who was controlling what was placed where on the Go board. But there was no emotion in his face because he wasn't actually playing. He was just placing the pieces. And poor Lisa Dole couldn't figure out what the machine was thinking because it really wasn't doing anything. And apparently, I don't know how to play Go other than just the broad strokes of the rules, but the way AlphaGo played was completely bizarre and inhuman. And that's what frightens me. So I understand why it frightens you, right? But uh, this is a machine given a specific purpose or task. And while it's, it's learning these things and these tasks, how does it turn in from a uh, task maneuvering machine to an all-purpose machine, right? So how do we get from robots um, teaching themselves to robots killing us? How will that threat emerge? How will AIs decide to invalidate humans? I mean, the same argument can be made of aliens, but an alien species would take one look at our warlike tendencies and decide to end us super simply, right? I mean, the fact that we have all these nuclear weapons and we're always pointing guns each other i'm not sure even complex robotic systems would come to the same conclusion as quickly we don't know that 
And the way it learns so quickly how to play Go and how to find new ways that humans had never thought of doing was pretty strange and amazing and scary all at the same time. Well, I mean, since then, we don't really know what AlphaGo has been up to, right? So we're not sure how much more machine learning it's done, how much more um, complex thinking it's done beyond the parameters of what it's been told to do at this point, right? That's true. And it, it, but it, they set out to make the best Go um, artificial intelligence, and they met that goal, and it did that really well. So what if all of a sudden they set out to make the best um, environmental um, AI to how to make sure the environment is kept clean and everything's proper. And then this AI keeps learning and learning and it realizes humans are the problem. What do I do to get rid of these humans? And then it slowly figures out how to get rid of humans by doing something, taking over our nuclear arsenal, realizing, well, it can't hurt itself. So it would just make sure to target humans. But I also think the infrastructure by which self-realizing AI would need uh, in order to take over the world or destroy man would be sort of lacking. Uh, while it can control things like OSs and other processes and you know a lot of different systems, it would still need uh, physical shells to do more with, right? So uh, you know, a self-driving car could be a murder machine, but it also has its own limits. Um, and a lot of the AI that would need uh, to be used also needs batteries in order to be effective, right? So take the smart car, it still needs to be charged, for example, and it can't get around. And so while they may be able to retain um, certain systems, I don't think a global takeover uh, would be imminent because of the fact that like the state of physical robothood is so diminished at this point. Well, it would bide its time and only really strike once it's there to have, let's say, solar panels. So look... The the AI is one thing. Yeah, you're right. It doesn't. What's the shell it would use to get to us and slowly take us all apart? Well, I have an answer for you. That's Boston Dynamics. Have you seen the robots made by Boston Dynamics? <laughs> I it, I definitely have seen the robots, especially the dogs. Have you seen how they walk? Or sorry, the the dog like the dog like figures. Yes. Have you seen how those things walk and maneuver? Yes. And have you and have, have you seen the people at Boston Dynamics be mean to these dogs with their hockey sticks? <laughs> a little so bit, then yes. What happens when this AI starts looking through YouTube videos of people at Boston Dynamics being mean to these lovely little dogs that it'll probably find cute because that's what robots find cute. AIs find robots cute for sure. Uh it would Are you are you anthropomorphizing these dogs, though, do you think? Yes, of course I am. I really shouldn't, because they're there. <laughs> and that's the human tendency. We anthropomorphize everything, like the face on Mars. Firstly, it's the best face. Have you ever seen it wink at you? I have. That's going to give me nightmares tonight, Brian. <laughs> Perfect. Um, it is a very good point. Um, I just I find it difficult to to think that a complex thinking system would be able to grab onto the fact that we are treating it quote unquote meanly and attach attributes to what we've done to it. Right. Cause in their minds, they may just see these actions as, as needed in order to um, keep the piece or keep something in line or keep a piece of machinery uh, in order to operate uh, properly. Well, I don't think it would think it's we're mean to it. It's the, pro- the problem becomes that it's sharing space here on earth with us. And it sees us slowly destroying the earth. It doesn't want that. What's the best way to stop destroying the earth? Get rid of the humans. Either that or lead uh, better systems that clean up after humans, depending on the situation. Well, what's easier? Have to figure out all these systems to clean up after these dirty humans, or just get rid of the humans? 
Right, but what is getting rid of the humans is creating more waste with all these bones. They can use the... See, that's the thing. It would try to figure out how to use the bones as fuel. Forget your batteries. <laughs> then, yeah, so see, there would go. These AIs, it would get these crazy dog-like robots to chase us and tear us apart for our bones. It's getting gruesome over here, folks. You're basically describing uh, the Black Mirror episode, Metalhead, right? Yeah, that's Stuff of Nightmares, that that episode, actually. Uh, you've watched it, I assume? Yes, it uh, it's great. It's the shortest Black Mirror episode uh, yet. It's like 37 or 38 minutes. Uh, my f- uh, The best-looking one, in my opinion. I like the aesthetic as well. Uh, if you haven't watched it, I don't think we'll spoil it at all. Um, suffice to say, there's dogs. They're frightening. You don't want to be near them. Although... Would I say they're cuter than the dogs and from Boston Dynamics? I find the Boston Dynamic ones so fluid in their movement that they're almost creepy. I do agree with you that uh, the Boston Dynamic dog, the fluidity of uh, the way that it moves is very, very freaky and unnatural. And um, to me, uh, it's a far cry from uh, the ED-208 from Robocop. Remember that? The larger, bulky robot? Yeah, that's a totally different story altogether where um, I really would not want to see that walking down the street because that's an AI that went totally off the rails. We should have that by now, according to the future uh, from Robocop. Yeah, Uh, if only movies were the truth, right? But humanity's greatest power is its imagination, right? So it can dream up nightmare scenarios like those in Metalhead, the Black Mirror episode. But putting them into practice seems to require more effort and computing power than we can muster at the moment, right? So the idea of uh, a Skynet, right, because we were talking about Terminator before, uh, does seem to take uh, more physical uh, computing power than we have at our disposal at the moment, I think. Yeah, um, but if anybody's going to be Cyberdyne Systems, it's going to be... Uh, look, I worry for the day when Boston Dynamics and um, DeepMind end up like merging. Because if those two companies get together, bad things are going to happen. Uh, two things. The, the thing I'm more worried about than all of that, right, is that Elon Musk's Neuralink, right, the idea of connecting the human mind... Um, to uh, the cyber world, I guess would be the best way of putting it, uh, frightens me much more because I feel like a human presence would corrupt robotics in such a way that we'd all be doomed, right? So I'm not conceding to your point. I'm just pointing out a scenario in which your point um, or what you're advocating would become a little bit truer based on human corruption. Okay, I, I, I understand what you mean. Um, the problem with AI at the end of the day ends up being humans and how they treat it. Uh, something interesting from uh, Nick Bostrom. He's um, he's an Oxford philosophy professor, and he he warned in his book uh, Superintelligence that once unfriendly superintelligent exists, it would prevent us from replacing it or changing its preferences. Our fate would be sealed, and that's the thing that worries me the most: is that one of these unscrupulous companies will decide, let's create this superintelligence, let's make it as smart as we possibly can. But then it it kind of realizes, well, I don't want to go away. It becomes uh, sentient and understanding of its surroundings. And then it decides, I don't want to be shut down. I don't want to be upgraded. I'm ready to take on what I want to take on. I am my own person, or in this case, machine. That's a very good point, too. But I I, I do feel like it 
uh, we're, I think we're a ways away from there. And I, I do say that for a couple of reasons. One, there's that old adage about army tech being like five to 10 years ahead of where we're at right now. Right. So uh, publicly anyways. So the idea of AI would probably come from an army um, source or a, a, a private contractor working for the army, not necessarily one of these um, public firms. Right. Is that still true though? Does the I don't army, know. because I, I remember hearing about that when I was younger, how the army and, the government always has much more advanced technology like DARPA and all that stuff. Uh, but now, like, it's not like the army has their own issued cell phones. They use iPhones and Android phones. Like, that type of tech is at the cutting edge. They all use that. But I guess you're saying tech we don't even know about. Yeah, exactly. Like, tech that the regular grunt would be using. But, you know, it's, it's higher up um, in the echelon and in the pipeline. Yeah, that makes sense. It's, it's it is possible, of course. We what and and that's what even worries me more. What if the military is creating their own AIs that's five to ten years ahead of the AI we're we're seeing in the world? The other thing that's scary about AI is guess who else is interested in creating his own AI? There's so many people I can list off. So I'm just I'm not going to say anyone. I'm going to ask who you think it is. Well, I know who it is. It's Mark Zuckerberg. Oh right. Well, of course. And the Zuck looking to uh, turn Facebook into a car or a robot that does your laundry while spying on you. And imagine a Facebook AI. Already, uh, what happened to this, this morning? I had mentioned something about my, I had, uh, had not charged my Apple Watch properly and I'd sent you a text message. And what happened right after that? I got an ad for Apple Watches on Twitter. They're watching. No pun intended. I literally, like, it was like three minutes later and I never get Apple Watch ads. So it's kind of weird to see that. Even when we had done our Apple episode with the keynote and everything, I hadn't gotten Apple Watch ads. So, uh, yeah, a little bit of an issue there in terms of uh, computers listing. But computers might be listing uh, for bad news too, right? So I linked you to an NBC News uh, article by a SETI dude that we talked about last week, Seth Shostak, that says the scientists say space aliens could hack our planet, right? So the idea that they would send down um, a virus from space in order to destroy us is very interesting in that it kind of inverts the idea of um, tech versus uh, robots from space, I guess, instead of an alien presence, like a robotic alien presence uh, on its head in thinking of a way that, you know, we could be destroyed by a radio signal. Well, see, that brings up a great point. What if the aliens don't even come here to Thailand? That's your premise, right? That aliens would come attack us before ai correct well not necessarily come and attack us but um, maybe launch a microbe that would wipe us out or you know something um non-terrestrial would have to interfere with us as a people not necessarily like a full-on you know uh army battalion of ufos with lasers pointed at the world's capitals well what if it so happens that aliens are, are listening to this episode and they say hey we have a great idea Let's prove them both wrong and attack them using their own AI. <laughs> or prove them both right, I guess. So well, what happened is that, like uh, mentioned in this article and uh, in the paper that it's referred to, is that aliens, instead of just showing up themselves, could send us a, a signal, a virus, if you will, sort of like we gave them in Independence Day, which is like, what, the third time we mentioned that virus? Uh, and they send us a virus that infects our... AI makes it super smart, makes it take over the world, gives them, gives the RAI the ideas they have of taking over our planet, gets rid of us, 
wholesale, and then they can just show up and populate the earth. What could space be? What could it be made of? What the heck is all those lights out there? Is this just a black curtain with holes in it? I don't know. I'm trying to find out. Double density. I think it's a really interesting premise, and I think that, like, while it might be um, in the baseball park of plausibility, I think a, an alien microbe uh, visiting us and uh, destroying human flesh and beings may be uh, more plausible than that. And given the abundance of uh, UFO encounters in the world, I think that they do have the tech to physically destroy us with weapons uh, by which we cannot protect ourselves. So I think your idea... Is good, but I feel like it's very labor intensive in order for an alien race to figure out um, our uh, coding ways and our processes and our operating systems and figure out how to effectively um, reroute them in ways that benefit them without um, spending a massive amount of time doing that, right? Because the whole idea of, uh, of that would be a whole process measured in Earth time would be decades, if not centuries. Yeah, but it's, it's the future now. Everything's compatible with everything else. It's not like the days of... Uh worrying if it was pc or mac compatible two words tech tribalism though if you if you pick the wrong uh dongle by which to attack earth nothing happens that'd be pretty funny if uh they had like a weird uh tech bug they have to call tech support first <laughs> intergalactic best buy yeah they have to they call their own geek squad figure out what the issue is and it's like can you did you try turning it off then on again which <laughs> happened to us just before we started recording this, but uh, we digress. But you know who's going to get us killed, and I'm super convinced of this? I think Elon Musk might get us killed, because his SpaceX program will invariably piss off some cloaked alien force, right? Because now I'm advocating for the armed alien pointing lasers at us, and then... Um, we're, these alien force will realize we're popping up into space uh, for fun and not necessarily exploration. That'll be it, right? Like that floating Tesla would be the first unknowing shot across the bow of an intergalactic space war. That'll be ended very quickly, I think, and uh, not in our favor. Well, what's funny about that is that uh, Elon Musk is uh, the biggest um, proponent of protecting ourselves from our own AI. And if the uh, scenario you kind of propose comes to pass, he'll have saved us from the AI but end up pissing off aliens and they're going to be the ones that destroy us with possibly their own AI. That's another thing. You think aliens would show up themselves or send their own AI here? See, that's what I'm wondering too, is that like, like I was saying before, like the, the idea of the microbe, right? Or the idea of um, a, a vessel or a conduit by which um, a payload is delivered would necessarily be uh, from them. But, you know, it, it could be AI, it could be uh, a robot in uh, conjunction in concert with, uh, you know, this uh, non-earthly presence. And if the aliens send an AI here to kill us, are we killed by AI or are we killed by aliens? Ooh, I think the definition of that would have to be uh, the uh, physical makeup of whatever alien being comes our way, right? So if it's made from earth materials, then I am advocating uh, AI. But if it's made with alloys and polymers that are non-earth, then I'd be willing to say alien. Okay, so they won't take over our thing, our, our actual robots. They send their own. And, well, that's so that's something that's interesting, uh, which we can kind of digress here, where a lot of people have speculated that when uh, people are abducted by UFOs, the gray aliens aren't actually the aliens, but they're more um, 
some sort of avatar that the aliens have either via AI or they're controlling it, but they're not actually there. Those aren't the aliens. Right. What's your thought I've, on uh, that? I've heard of that theory too. And I've heard that it even goes deeper into that into it's um, it's a, an astral projection of sorts, like the idea of it's not even like a physical um, byproduct or an avatar of sorts, but it's actually just a wholly created in someone's mind or um, recreated in someone's mind or physical body, depending on who you want to believe. Right. So the idea of an encounter that exists solely on a different plane than ours, but feels real is also something that I've, I've heard of. Well, that makes sense. And I, I like to, th- again, I've said it many times. I'm not quite sure. Oh, well, I'm almost pretty sure that we're not being visited by aliens and that these alien abductions are something completely different that we have no idea of, or we're right. And in the vast majority are just, uh, hallucinations or sleep paralysis or whatever but there's that small percentage that are so was bizarre and no other explanation can cover them i don't think it's an actual alien abduction to be honest with you right i've mentioned it many times it's probably something else maybe something we haven't figured out yet but i think the actual reason for these things happening is more earthly than some would like you to believe so you're coming out anti-eth here yeah, well, you know, I mean, anybody who's listened to us talk uh, enough or has listened to us on uh, on uh, the RCA Strange Guys uh, UFO Club, where I'm really not a proponent that aliens are actually visiting us. I think it's something completely different, uh, probably more based in our own reality. Maybe we just don't understand it. Like there's some things we obviously didn't understand until more recently. I think it's a very interesting tact, and I think that's one we talked about a couple of weeks ago when we were kind of looking at the idea, which I don't necessarily believe because I'm more so of the belief that there's enough physical evidence out there to agree that something's going on. I'm not sure quite what, but I do. I'm a bigger proponent of the extraterrestrial hypothesis than you are, I guess, at this point. But it's also fun to kind of think about these things, right? So the idea of uh, the alien existing in our collective subconscious as uh, a desire for longing or a need uh, to connect in ways in which we can't explain them. So therefore we create or have created as a people um, this sort of like a shortcut by which to express our loneliness through literal uh, alien interaction. That That is something that is possible. Uh, I think that's more possible than the actual ETH. Really? So you, you're, you're kind of discounting a lot of the evidence that's popped up over the last, um, let's, let's keep it to modern ufology, so the last like 120-ish years, let's say. That, that it, aliens are visiting us? Yeah. It, it's hard to... St- I find it hard to believe that it's aliens. Again, it's possible. I don't, again, I don't want to be one of those skeptics that completely throws it out the window, but there, there's so many more earthly reasons that we may or may not know of that could have poss- possibly caused all these things. Uh, again, though, aliens are possible, I guess. Um, one, one weird reason is as good as another. What's up, Euphonauts? It's your UFO guy, Rob Christofferson. Have you ever been curious about the UFO phenomenon, but unsure of where to start? Have you ever wondered about just what crashed at Roswell? Have you ever wanted common sense advice about licking UFOs? The answers don't. Then check out the Our Strange Skies podcast, where we dive into America's rich UFO history and uncover what these sightings say about ourselves. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, and most podcast apps as well as Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. 
Don't forget to look up, because you never know what you'll find in our strange skies. In gray we trust. Let me ask you this one, right? Would you believe more so in the extraterrestrial hypothesis than the idea that we are living in a holographic universe or a simulation? Oh, man, that's a hard question because <laughs> they're both equally crazy. And as nutty as this might sound, I think the... Uh, it's difficult, isn't it? Right, yeah, because they're both crazy, but possible. Here, let's get spacier for a second. Are okay. you ready for this? Yeah. What if this holographic universe was created by AI? What if we're living a simulation? Because all, like what you were saying before, like a lot of this kind of stuff, um, people say that in the future, I can't remember where I read this, but you know, we'll be able to simulate what our ancestors did to the an almost perfect degree and get a better idea of how they've lived, right? So what's stopping... Um, a greater being on a different plane of existence from uh, using us in order to see how these simulations go. It's it's completely possible. I just, the whole simulation thing, they're both equally implausible in my both in my head, but there's that little bit of percentage out there that makes them sort of plausible. There's weird stuff that happens in the world that makes you wonder if this is actually real or not. Um, of course, I can't think of any examples now, but uh, I'm sure some will come to me. Uh, the ETH, though, okay, let's say I'd say I'd put the ETH above the the simulation thing, even though uh, people as intelligent as Elon Musk tend to think that there is a possibility when a simulation, but I think that is less likely than there being life out there in the universe and it coming to visit us. But when you say life, you mean like an intelligent, intelligent extraterrestrial uh, yeah, yeah. When being? I, okay. Life out there in the billions of stars that's non-intelligent is 100%, for sure. It's got to be. Yeah, for sure. I mean, the things that like we've seen and have had microbes and things like that land on Earth before, and we've, we've studied those you know, bits of rock that have landed here, and they don't always have um, things that exist natively in Earth's atmosphere or in, on Earth itself, right? So, I mean, the, the fact that like it, the term alien does... Uh, point out that there are things that exist like that exactly and aliens intelligent aliens coming to visit us obviously less likely but i think more likely than us being a simulation uh i look for if this was a simulation it'd be really silly that there's just like two of us on the side just creating a podcast for like uh, a few people to listen to it's just really odd that it would be a simulation. I, I don't think it is. Uh, but of course, somebody in a simulation would not think he was in a simulation, right? Well, just like a disinformation agent wouldn't say that he was a disinformation agent, he'd say it's someone else's. Exactly. Um, and and again, this brings us back to Elon Musk with his, he's he's been also like, apart from his AI stuff, he's also thrown out the whole simulation thing out there for people to think about. But speaking of things he's thrown out there, and something you brought up before, is he going to be the one to piss off aliens? He's already thrown out like a car out there and it's in orbit around the sun, uh, roughly at the same distance we are uh, that the uh, that Mars is at. It's pretty far out there. And what if he's that, thrown out space debris? Yeah, basically. And what if it ends up hitting uh, somebody's UFO? They weren't expecting that to be there. 
Yeah. Well, that was my whole point, too, is that, like, who knows what he's doing out there? Like, he's leaving space debris. I mean, to be fair with you, the amount of satellites that we have orbiting Earth's atmosphere and that somehow, unfortunately, sometimes sink out of the atmosphere and either come plunging towards Earth or become untethered uh, is great, right? And, like, I mean, there are thousands, if not tens of thousands of um, those up there at this point. So I, I don't necessarily think it's necessarily just his fault, but he is taunting the unknown. Well, he's thrown it out there much further, though. There's not that many things um, orbiting the sun as far out as Mars. Oh, definitely not. But I, ju- I just meant in general, like space debris-wise. Oh, yeah. There's all kinds of garbage up there. <laughs> I Sometimes I wonder. I, I'd be curious to see an image of what it actually looks like out there around the Earth. If it's... Um, is it? I don't think it's that dense. It's just there's a lot of stuff floating out there, but there's a lot of space from one satellite to another, not like bumping up against each other, obviously. Right. No, I, <laughs> I, yeah, I think that like we're just moving in concert together up there, um, slowly but surely, hoping that our property doesn't destroy other people's property, right? Yeah. Although with my weird internet problems I've been having tonight, uh, sometimes I wonder what's happening up there, if it's has anything to do with that or with the wires here on Earth. And again, if this was a simulation, why would the internet go down sometimes? It makes no sense. <laughs> it's to test different scenarios, right? And to see how annoyed I am when like, a Skype call gets uh, cut off for no reason? Exactly. One thing we haven't really talked about is that moment of tech singularity, right? So the idea of mm, AI running away and self-improving to such a point that we can't do anything about it. Well, that's what... Um... Ray Kurzweil is kind of hoping for uh, preparing himself by taking many, many vitamins every day, hoping that he'll be around to see the singularity and then keep on living forever and ever. Uh, Have you watched? Okay, so here, how far do you think we are from the singularity, right? So if you were to take any copy of Popular Mechanics from the last like 60 years, it would dictate that would be that we're like 50 years away from it max, right? So if you took a popular mechanics magazine from like the 60s, right, and we'd be living in this tech-aided utopia, and yet we are far from there because the way that human evolution on a tech scale um, has progressed, it's kind of like this weird thing where it's never a perfect like diagram that goes diagonally, but it's like this weird up and down variable of like we explore different pockets of what exists, but we're not continually gaining on it necessarily, right? Oh yeah, for sure. It's it's so funny when you go back and look at those older issues of Popular Mechanics or whatever other uh, Scientific American and all that. They're always um, way too optimistic about how things happen. And I think that's changed recently where um, people reporting these things don't want to be seen as uh, somebody that was completely off base and they kind of uh, overestimate how far, long long it'll be. I think it'll most likely happen uh, either towards the end of the 21st century or maybe at the beginning of the the 22nd century, but we're really not that close. It probably won't happen in our lifetime. Yeah, I don't think so either unless there's some great... And that's the thing too is that like a lot of these magazines and ideals presuppose that we're working together as a human race and that's, you know, not necessarily true. And I do think that like that uh, tribalism uh, will be our downfall uh, in the eyes of the aliens and that's why we're going to get attacked. Well, there's tribalism even in the uh, AI world. Um, there's a great article I came across called uh, Forecasting the Impact of Artificial Intelligence. It's a part two of four, but I only read part two. I didn't find the other parts. Um, examining Four Scenarios of Possibility by Spiros uh, Maridakis. And he talks about... Good pronunciation. Yeah, well, I try. 
um, uh, it's all the years of uh, saying uh, Giorgio Tsoukalos. He categorizes people working on AI or talking about AI in four different camps, the optimists, the pessimists, the pragmatists, and the doubters. Um, I concentrate mostly on the, the pessimists because uh, I guess I'm a bit of a pessimist, but uh, one of the pessimists he talked about was um, uh, Yuval Noah Harari, and he talked about how if organisms are algorithms, then thinking uh, machines utilize, utilizing more efficient ones will have an advantage. So if you sort of think of life as being like data processing, then we as humans, there's no way we can compete with computers once they become advanced enough to create and become their own organisms. And it sort of made me think of um, the game Universal Paperclips. Have you heard of that? No, I haven't. Go on. Um, It's something I heard about on Hello Internet a few months ago. And uh, I don't really want to spoil it for anybody. So if you haven't played it yet, uh, go type in Universal Paperclips and prepare to lose several hours of your life. <laughs> I like how that's your endorsement of the day right there. Yeah, well, it 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 basically start. I don't want to spoil too much of it, but it essentially starts as you just creating paperclips. Okay. And then and... it sort of morphs into an AI game. Okay. Okay, that's kind of interesting. I uh, do think that the moment of singularity, we may be able to see it in this lifetime by accident, not by design. So you think somebody will come across it just by happenstance, sort of like penicillin? No, not necessarily by happenstance, but maybe like one of these larger projects working on something whose aim wasn't necessarily to uh, get AI to the point where it's self-learning beyond what it needs and it kind of runs away. But it, it kind of happens, you know, as a sort of a, an aside to a project on a large scale. Okay, I see what you mean. Um, what if that this that aside project like ends up turning whatever was supposed to be a peaceful AI into like a super weapon? That's what frightens me, and that's why I'm worried about Elon Musk's Neuralink. Right, like the idea of the human element corrupting um, a computer system to the point where it gets encountered by an AI and suddenly it becomes malicious. Right, like uh, like all of these bots that go online and you try to teach them how to write like a human and an hour later they're super racist oh um what was it called tay or something like that yeah that was uh that was by microsoft uh it lasted a few hours basically before people taught it to become uh, a monster basically yeah it was the microsoft's um do you remember smarter child smarter child was super racist for a while i don't know what that is i've never heard of that Oh, Smarter Child was a bot that you can add on instant messaging platforms and you could talk to it. Um, and it did its own sort of like machine learning and it quickly uh, became racist. Why does it always, ha- why does that happen? How does that happen? That's ridiculous. It's, and it's this really weird thing, right? Where it's just, yeah. humans can't do anything right, which is why I am mildly uh, worried about the idea of AI ending us because of the fact that we have no redeeming values as a human, as shown by things like Microsoft's Tay chatbot. Yeah, for sure. And and the on the other side of things, have you ever seen the uh, YouTube video Slaughterbots? No, I haven't. Um, so maybe we'll put a link in the show notes of it. But it's it's not real, but it kind of comes off as being real, like um, almost like a Steve Jobs type keynote. But the guy's not talking about iPhones; he's talking about um, machines that can pinpoint a specific person and kill them. 
and saying how this is much a much safer way to to wage war on the people that would hurt us. But then, uh, in the video, these slaughter bots actually get stolen by uh, bad agents, and bad things happen. It's a seven minute video. Uh, highly urge you to watch it if you want to have nightmares for a long time. Well, the way you pitch it, great. Thanks, Angelo. Yeah, I try. Good evening, everybody, or morning or afternoon or whatever. My name is Adam. And I'm Matt. And we are Graveyard Tales. Now, if you like stories of ghosts, hauntings, the paranormal, preternatural, and the downright weird, and you enjoy a few laughs as well, then you should probably check us out. Find us anywhere you get your podcast. Come join our Facebook group at Graveyard Tales Podcast or on Twitter at GRVE. Just go search Graveyard Tales. That would be easier. We look forward to seeing you in the graveyard. See you soon. Here's something I want to kind of go down the rabbit hole with you um, very quickly. Uh, I think that with the rise of uh, hacking your body, right, so wearable tech, uh, the idea that AI could overtake your physical shell um, becomes scarily true. So what my my Apple Watch and my uh, AirPods are gonna like take over my body and make well, me? Well, no, I'm talking about people who like embed tech into their bodies, like nanites and stuff. Oh yeah, well that's just crazy. Yeah, but I'm just saying like it's unfortunately may become more the norm as we continue on, right? But the thing is like once again, once we continue on throughout the next uh, decades, I'd say right. Whereas like an alien presence could be here and now in the meantime. Well, well, then, okay, so here's another scenario. What if people start injecting themselves with nanobots and all that stuff? And then those things become sentient and take over the body. So though that'll be like AI slash zombie apocalypse. Yeah, like it's a hybrid of both, right? Because, for example, you... And this is sort of an aside, but not really, because I want to get into this in a sec. You can teach... <laughs> robots the three laws of robotics but you can't teach aliens the three laws of robotics right so that becomes a bigger problem no they have the prime directive <laughs> well <laughs> uh, you would hope in the in a best case scenario sure in a realistic scenario probably not we would hope to be discovered by vulcans and not borg yeah the borg are even a warlike race like i don't want to hang out with the klingons necessarily they become nice later on though yeah like centuries from now not right now that's true. I would not want to meet a Klingon in a dark alley. So I feel like the big thing, too, would be to be able to uh, put in these parameters of the three laws of robotics from the get-go, right? For any sort of AI that we're teaching now, you know, whether it be the Boston Dynamics dog or uh, AlphaGo or anything else. <laughs> but yeah, I, I do think that, like... I don't necessarily like, and I know that Elon Musk is like Elon Musk is calling for for legislation and things like that in terms of regulating AI, and I don't disagree with it because it can get out of hand um, somewhat quickly, and I don't think like it's uh, necessarily a whole up like a, a robot uprising, but it can uh, create a lot of issues um, surrounding how humans uh, interact with their tech too. Well, Elon Musk um, had started OpenAI to kind of take care of these things to make sure that. Um, AI research remains open and everybody understands what's going on so that they can all collaborate to make sure nothing bad happens. Uh, although he recently stepped down from that, from his major role there. I think he's still part of it, uh, but he's no longer really at the head of it. 
Um, I wonder if it's because he's he's come around on AI. Um, in in looking at that, actually, I came across something interesting about how uh, Steve Wozniak has basically sort of given up on it and and resolved himself to becoming a pet to AI. <laughs> so much so that he started <laughs> feeding his dog like fillet, so that uh, he's um, he's like, well, I'm treating my dog how I would be treated at wanted to be treated as by our robot overlords. I like how that's like the pre- like the preventative way of doing things there. Yeah, be nice to your dog. My cat hasn't bothered me tonight, which is nice. Well, there you go. You're treating your cat well. Uh, here's something to consider um, in an argument I wanted to make uh, vis-a-vis uh, aliens, right? So have you seen the movie or any of the um, remakes of Invasion of the Body Snatchers? Yeah, several times. Well, well several yeah, like of the, the several. Like I've seen, uh, interestingly enough, Invasion of the Body Snatchers is a movie I saw a long time ago as a kid it was on pbs one of those you know the pbs used to have those movie nights where like it would be like a an unedited movie i remember they screened it in early 1998 and i think i saw it then okay well this was uh early 80s okay okay mid to early 80s so i was really young uh and i remember that movie really messing me up and not understanding all of what was going on, but I've seen the different iterations, uh, like the one with um, um, Donald Sutherland as well, and then the there was the one with one, yeah. Was that seventies? No. Yeah, seventy-eight with uh, the Donald Sutherland one is nineteen seventy-eight, and then the Abel Ferrer one is the one in the military base is nineteen ninety-three. Wasn't he in that one as well, though? Was I he? Know. No, I don't think so. I'm getting them confused, and then there's the one with James Bond in it. Yeah, the one that's like the invasion from uh, 2006 or 2007. I do think that like maybe, check this out, right? Like maybe we are um, sleeper cells for an alien invasion. We just don't know yet. Ooh, that's frightening. That's a frightening thought, actually. Yeah, I mean, the thing is that like it's not wholly unplausible the way that we already treat ourselves, right? So the idea of um, like hypnosis is a thing that exists that can be done on a terrestrial level. So uh, why can't it be done on an extraterrestrial level? That's actually a really, really interesting question, and one, one that I'm kind of, one that I'm kind <laughs> of like break you. Yeah, it's, <laughs> uh, it's it's kind of frightening, and and um, it also uh, came back to me that uh, the Donald Sutherland movie I was thinking of was The Puppet Masters. Oh right, yes, uh, based on the Robert Heinlein novel. Yes, which is very similar. Yeah. So it's kind of annoying that they do that. So I got the two confused. Uh, and that, that's what that, both that and your question kind of broke me. Thanks, Brian. No worries. Yeah, but I think that like, it's a really interesting thread to go down. I mean, there's obviously no physical evidence for it, but what's to prevent it from happening? I mean, there's a whole idea of... Um, I mean, the thing is that like, there are a lot of movies that exist in that way, right? So, for example, Village of the Damned. I don't know if you ever saw that one, but it's all these kids. Um, the white the hair. parents pass out. Yeah, and all the parents pass out, and then they all give birth to these kids who are clearly otherworldly in nature and have all these like weird powers and rebel against their parents and things like that. Um, you know, so it's not... I mean, like, once you start exploring this whole realm, none of this seems impossible. Like, it, a lot of it seems highly improbable, but not necessarily impossible. That's absolutely true. Uh there's so much that can happen, but I still think we have more to worry about from AI than an extraterrestrial invasion. You have See, not the convinced inverse. me otherwise, Brian. I'm definitely the inverse. I definitely do think more than ever that either through uh, hypnosis, astro hypnosis, <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, 
alien invasion or microbe virus, I think that uh, we are more at danger with that because we're not even looking for it mostly. That w- okay. See, so that that's where your take on this is more frightening because we're kind of preoccupied ourselves with AI in terms of this weird external thing that could hurt us, right? Not not notwithstanding all the other threats we're like facing in the world, like nuclear. Uh, explosions and uh, the environment going all to hell all these things obviously are things we're very well aware of but at the back of the mind there's always the more scary fantastical thing that would take us over uh, like we've seen in terminator movies or in movies like independence day or invasion of the body snatchers yeah exactly i do think that uh it is frightening and I'm okay with that. And I'm going to stick to my guns in this case. And I think that it sounds like more than ever you have agreed that maybe tech is going to be the great ruiner of uh, uh, the human race. Well, I still like to, for us to agree on one thing about the possibilities of aliens sending a sending uh, computer virus to us and then taking over our robots and having the robots do the dirty work of killing us. Oh, yeah, for sure. Cause, so that, that's the best of both worlds. Or the worst of both worlds. Oh, yeah, I guess. <laughs> it's not the best. It would be pretty bad. I think it's a, this is a good enough place to call it quits here for this week. What do you think? Yeah, especially before my internet cuts out again. Um, but through the magic of editing, no one will notice. Exactly. You can go ahead and uh, visit us on Twitter, double underscore density. You can find us on Facebook on facebook.com slash double density podcast. Same name on Instagram. You can also head over to double density.net. Check out all of our newest episodes, read some blog articles, as well as uh, hit the contact button. Let us know what you think. Who's going to be the great ruiner? Will it be the Grays or uh, AlphaGo? I guess like if you had to represent AI as like one singular robot, which one would you go with? Oh, the Boston Dynamic Dog. Okay, so no, it's either going to be the classic gray or the Boston spot, Dynamic Dog. Mini spot. Spot. Whatever, yeah. Uh, there is one thing I wanted to add, and I have a good team on my side. Um, uh, the Tragically Hip said that an alien invasion was a physical impossibility. So they agree with me. I'm glad that you're using uh, <laughs> uh, Canadian songsters to uh, back yourself. I, I know of at least one listener that will definitely uh, enjoy that thing, although I think he disagrees with them on that. Go ahead and listen to any of the uh, John Carpenter soundtracks, you know, in order to uh, see my side of things. I like those John Carpenter soundtracks. They're creepy and amazing, and synths are cool. Great. Tune in next week as we look at the ideal three-course meal from when we're picnicking on Mars. Angelo, I will see you here in theory unless the aliens get us first. Let's hope the eye does not take over. See you, Brian. (laughs) See ya. No, I don't really know. Uh, Can you not ask me that? (laughs) 